Well, this morning, uh, we've been in our journal, and if you haven't got a journal yet, I'm going to encourage you to pick one up. These have been selling really great. This is uh, a great way for you to um, follow with what we've been doing in the series. Uh, there's times during the week that you can actually go and do personal journal. There's group questions, and, and this is a great tool for you to just grow in your faith. Now, today, we're kind of doing a one-off because it's Labor Day weekend. Uh, a lot of groups are not meeting this week. People are traveling uh, and so, but today I thought I would tie communion in, today's communion. And today is kind of a little bit of a table talk time. We're going to talk about communion, we're going to talk about prayer, we're going to talk about abiding. The title of today's message, if you're taking notes, is uh, Abiding uh, in the Shepherd, Abiding in Jehovah Rohai. And so uh, we've been in this series, and uh, I saw a great quote that I thought would kind of make you laugh and make you think, uh, life would be perfect if, life would be perfect if a anger had a stop button. Can I get an amen on that? <laughs> Mistakes had a rewind button. <laughs> Hard times had a forward button. Wouldn't that be great? <laughs> and good times had a pause button. You know, this morning, we're going to hit the pause button and... Uh, just take a moment to reflect a bit. Reflect about this series, The Good Life. Reflect about Christ. You know, in the Bible, there's a word called uh, selah, which in fact is almost like take a moment, breathe, reflect, pause, rest. This morning, I want us to take a moment to reflect, maybe to rest, maybe to let go of some things. Maybe just to realign ourselves in the things of God. We started this journal and in week one talking about walking in the Spirit and how the, the Apostle Paul said that we're to walk in the Spirit and not the flesh. He said, now that you've given your life to Jesus and you've asked Him to be your Lord and Savior and your sins have been forgiven, and Paul says, you're now a new creation in Christ, the old is gone. Paul says, now every day, don't forget, you still have flesh that's going to tempt you. You still have flesh that's going to want to draw you and pull you and affect your thinking and your decisions. But Paul says, you're now as a believer called to walk by the leading of the Holy Spirit, the paracletos, the one who comes alongside. And Paul says, as you're walking in, in, in the Spirit, you begin to see the fruit of the Spirit. As you walk in with Jesus, as you're in Scripture, as you're growing in a prayer life, as you're growing in worship, as you're discovering more about who He is, and just the more laying your flesh down, the fruit of the Spirit would grow in your life. And for in Galatians chapter 5, verse 22, Paul names the fruit of the Spirit, and this is kind of what we've been in. He says in Galatians 5, verse 22, but the fruit of the Spirit is love. And Pastor Clayton did a great job talking about love last week, that love is it's not a feeling. Love is a choice. That Jesus didn't go to the cross because he felt like it. He chose to go to the cross because he knew that he was the lamb. He was the only one that could pay the price for your sin and my sin. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, Peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such there is no law. We spoke about in week one that why, why are the fruit of the Spirit so important? Because the fruit of the Spirit do what? Defines our character. Defines our character. 
Pastor Charlton, as a Christian, what am I called to become? You're to become more like Jesus. And you see, the fruit of the Spirit reflects, reflects the nature of God, reflects the nature of Jesus. You're to grow in love, to grow in patience and kindness and goodness and faithfulness and gentleness and self-control. We're to grow. These are to define our character. Number two, the fruit of the Spirit is important. Why? Because it describes our conduct. Describes who we meant, what we meant to become, but how we meant to act and treat others in life. We jumped into uh, John 15, verse 5 in week one, where Jesus said, I am the vine, and you are the branches. He who abides in me, and I in him, will bear much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. Jesus said this, he said that when you make that decision to say, Jesus, be my Lord and Savior, you are a branch that's grafted into a vine. He's the vine, you're the branch, he's the source. He sustains you, he takes care of you. But Jesus says something so important in this verse. He says, abide in me and I in you. You see, he's talking about a relationship and not religion. This is not about doing. In fact, we said that one of our goals in this series, as we go through this 10-week series, is it's less about doing. It's, it's more about becoming like Jesus and less about doing. The doing should flow out of my relationship with God. See, so many Christians, they like to check the boxes. Well, if I check the boxes, God will be happy with you. Let me tell you something. He was so happy about you that he sent Jesus to die on a cross for you. He loves you so much. You couldn't earn it. You don't deserve it. He chose to freely give it. He loves you. And so he says, abide in me. Abide is a verb. It's active. It's daily. I wake up in the morning and I, I open up my Bible. I open up my journal. And God, I want to abide in you today. Speak to me. Jesus said, man shall not live by bread alone, but every word that comes from the mouth of God, that I'm, I'm abiding in you. Why do I pray? Because I'm abiding, a branch in the vine. Why do I worship? I'm abiding in you. All these things keep us abiding or remaining in him. You see, it's more about becoming and less about doing. It's about being the clay on the potter's wheel. Jesus you're the potter. You know the plans and purposes you have for me. God, you knit me in my mother's womb, and so I'm gonna trust you to, I'm gonna be the clay, and you just begin to shape my life and shape the fruit of the Spirit uh, in my life. You know, I was thinking about abiding today, and uh, the whole analogy he gives of vine and branch and it made me begin to reflect about another great passage, a well-known passage about abiding. Many of you will know it. You've sung hymns about it. I want to talk to you today about Psalm 23. Because Psalm 23 is a great passage on abiding. John 15 is about a vine and a branch. Psalm 23 is about a shepherd and a sheep. It's a well-known passage. It's written by King David. King David was a shepherd boy. 
King David knew about sheep. He knew that sheep needed to be led to a place of water. They needed, sheep needed to be led to green pastures. There were times that a sheep needed a shepherd to jump in to protect them. And there were times where the lion, uh, where, where the lion and the bear came and David would have to protect uh, his sheep. He knew what it was, but David also knew this. There's only one true shepherd. There's only one true shepherd. In fact, he Starts Psalm 23, verse 1, with the Lord is my shepherd, I lack nothing. Oh, I like that. David said, The Lord is my shepherd, I lack nothing. David's the, I'm a sheep, and he's the shepherd. I'm abiding as I abide in him, as I follow him, I lack nothing. It's interesting, the Lord is my shepherd is one of the names of God, Jehovah Rohai, which means God our shepherd. As David starts this psalm, he begins to declare the name of God, the nature of God. He says, God Almighty, God my shepherd, the Lord my shepherd, Jehovah Rohai. You know what he says here? I lack nothing. When the Lord is my shepherd, I lack nothing. God will meet my needs and there's no need to worry. Why? Because if I'm a sheep and he's the shepherd, he will lead me. In verse two, he makes me to lie down in green pastures. He, he leads me beside quiet waters. David's saying, as I, as I abide in the shepherd, as I abide in Jehovah Rohai, he, he, I lack nothing and he makes me to lie down in green pastures and he, he leads me by quiet waters. You see, God will help me rest and give me peace. So often we're seeking rest and we're seeking peace, but we're not abiding in Jesus, the shepherd. Verse three, he refreshes my soul. God will refresh and replenish me when I'm drained. Some of you today, you're drained. You've been running fast, you've been busy, you've been doing a lot, and you're like, I'm just so drained. I don't have the emo emotional capacity or energy. I don't have the, spiritually I feel drained. Physically I feel drained. Yes, the good news, Jehovah Rohai, the shepherd, the one that you're called to abide in, says this, if you come to me, guess what? I will give you refreshing, refreshing for your soul. He guides me along the right paths for his namesake. David is writing, saying, the shepherd I have, Jehovah Rohai, when I'm abiding in him, he will guide me along the right paths. And I don't have to be afraid because he's the shepherd that gave his life for me. If you're taking notes today, I'm gonna give you three points when, when we abide in Jesus. You see, when we abide in Jesus, point number one is we find refreshing we find refreshing. Let me ask you today, where are you at? In life right now, in this season of life, where are you at? For some of us today, maybe we're on the mountaintop. We've got a great view and life looks amazing and the, the breeze, the refreshing breeze. It's kind of like living in the valley and going to Flagstaff, you know what I mean? I know we got some church members that are watching from Flagstaff. They're enjoying the cooler breeze. There's some of us that are in a valley today saying, Pastor, I feel like 
I'm in the darkest valley I've ever been in in my life. Let me tell you something. Here's the good news today. You have a shepherd, and if you choose to abide in him, he will refresh your soul. See, when we abide in Jesus, we find refreshing. Verse 4, even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil. Why? Because, God, you are with me. You are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. God, you'll be with me in the dark places, the fearful places. And God, you know what you'll do? You'll protect me and keep me safe. Because that's what a shepherd does. That's what our shepherd Jesus does. We sang it this morning. The God of the mountain and the God of the valley. He's the same. He's the same. You're going to go through valleys. You're going to be on mountains. The question is, are you abiding? Are you abiding in Jesus? Are you finding comfort with him? Verse 5, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. God will support me even when I'm surrounded with conflict and chaos, when I don't have understanding, when, when it just seems like I'm going from one failure to the next failure, one challenge to the next challenge, one giant to the next giant. God promises to what? Prepare a table before me in the midst of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil and my cup overflows. Point number one is when we abide in Jesus, we find refreshing. Point number two is when we abide in Jesus, we find rest. We find rest. How's your rest today? I'm not talking about sleep. You know, my, my whoop, my whoopee, this thing I wear on my arm tells me every day how my sleep's been. Told me yesterday, it said, you slept really good. It's about time. <laughs> you did seven and a half hours, and you did two hours and 45 minutes of REM sleep, deep sleep. Optimal for your age. <laughs> I know what that means. <laughs> but it was telling me that I had good sleep. But how many of you know you can have the greatest sleep ever? You can have a my pillow, you can have one of those beds that go up and down, but you can still not have rest inside your soul. See, David is talking about rest. See, when we abide in Jesus, we have refreshing. When we abide in Jesus, we find rest. In Matthew chapter 11, Jesus says, Come to me, all you are weary and burdened, and I will give you what? More stress? No, if you abide in me, I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me if I'm gentle and humble in heart and you will find rest for your souls. I've preached on this before, taking my yoke in, in, in biblical times, in agricultural times in Israel, what they would do is they would take a mature ox and they would tie a young ox and they would put a yoke, a wooden yoke over them together and the old ox would teach the younger ox the way of the master and where to go and how to work. And Jesus is saying, come on, be yoked. Abide in me. And as you abide in me, I will teach you how to do life. Why? Because I have faced temptation. I have gone through trials that you're facing. I, I know the things of this world. I'm not some God that's out there. No, I went through it. That's why Hebrews 4 says we have a high priest who understands us. He understands. But the question is, are we resting in him? Who do you run to when you need rest? What do you run to when you need rest? Are you running to Jehovah, Rohai, your shepherd? It says, 
Take my yoke and learn from me. Let me teach you. Abide in me. For I'm gentle and humble. I'm not going to beat you with a stick. I'm not going to tell you how pathetic you are. Get your act together. No, I'm gentle. Even when you've made mistakes, done bad things, hey, I'm gentle. You'll find rest for your souls. How's about we do this really quick? Let's close our eyes. Just bow your head for a moment. and Maybe just for a moment, open your hands. Because there's some of you, you're holding on to some stuff so tightly. And you just got to let it go. You're holding on to people too tightly. You're holding on to situations too tightly. Maybe today, just open your hands and let it go. See yourself as Matthew 11. It says, come to me. You give me your burdens. Maybe just give it to him. That's, that situation that seems with no answers or hopeless, there's no way. Just give it to him today. Say, thank you, you've got it, God. I'm giving it to you. You're in control. And now as your hands are opened, Lord, I want to receive your peace. Would you give me your peace that surpasses all understanding, as the book of Philippians chapter 4 says. God, I've let it go. I'm not going to pick it up. Give me your peace. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. Give me peace today. Take away the stress and the anxiety and the fear. God, you know my tomorrow. You know my today. You're my shepherd. Let me continue in verse 6. I love verse 6. It says, surely, surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life. My shepherd, the one who takes care of me, your goodness, your kindness, your love will follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. God, you'll give me your favor. You'll give me your blessing. My future is secure when it's in your hands, God. See, point number one is when we abide in Jesus, we find refreshing. When we abide in Jesus, we find rest for our soul. When we abide in Jesus, we find hope. Hope for today. Hope for tomorrow. That's why Hebrews, chapter 6, the author of Hebrews says, we have this hope as an anchor for our soul, firm and secure. It enters the intersection behind the curtains talking about Jesus. Jesus is our hope. Jesus is the one that went in to the mercy seat and he put his blood there once and for all for you and I, that our sins would be forgiven, that the veil could be removed, that God's presence could be in our life. And we have this hope inside of us, Jesus. He says, come and abide in me. See, when you abide in Jesus, you find refreshing. When you abide in Jesus, you find rest. And when you abide in Jesus, you find hope, strength for today, for tomorrow. In John chapter 10, verse 10 to 11, listen to Jesus. The thief only comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Maybe today the thief has been stealing your joy. Maybe he's been stealing your peace. Maybe he's been stealing your sleep, your rest. Maybe he's been stressing you. Maybe there's so much going on. But Jesus said, I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. 
See, Jesus says, if you abide in me. See, apart from me, you can do nothing. But in me, you can do all things. You see, when we abide in Jesus, he refreshes us, gives us rest, and gives us hope. He's the shepherd that's going to lead us. He says, take my yoke. Let me teach you how to do life. And life to what? The fullest. Verse 11, he says, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for his sheep. This morning as we partake in communion, Paul says in 1 Corinthians 11 that we do this in remembrance. We're remembering his body that was beaten, broken for us. We remember his blood that was shed so that we could have a new covenant relationship. His blood that went onto the mercy seat once and for all. Because the wages of sin was death, but the gift of God was eternal life in Christ Jesus. See, the penalty of our sin is we don't deserve heaven. We don't deserve relationship. We don't deserve God in our life. But the gift of God is Christ Jesus, eternal life. He, he had to die for us. Because he loved us, he chose to be the shepherd that laid down his life. The cross opened the door to God's grace, God's mercy, God's goodness. The cross made a way for you and I.